Welcome to Missing Persons Uncovered. I'm Karen Shalev Green, and I carry out research into missing persons at the University of Portsmouth in the UK. In this podcast, we seek to understand the complexities of a global issue. Every year, millions of people go missing worldwide. I'm Caroline Humer, a child protection expert, and across this series, Karen and I are talking to professionals to share insights into how we can all be more aware and take action to protect vulnerable people in our communities and families from going missing. In this episode, Caroline talks to Hubert Humphrey Fellow, Letitia Risco. She is from Argentina and has led the implementation of a national missing persons response in Argentina and has strengthened cross-country collaboration across South America. I think that the most important thing in cases of missing persons is that the agencies have to work together. I'm sure that if we do, we'll have more chances of success. And for those who work with missing persons, that I know we know that we have our obstacles, that we have our lack of resources sometimes, and that we have to our daily fight against the bureaucracy. But please, you have to think that behind each folder, a family is waiting for their relatives and that it can happen to any of us. Thanks for having me. I admire the work you and Karen are doing with this podcast. It's an honor to participate. Thanks for joining this Latin American voice. I am Leticia Risco, lawyer by profession. Since 2011, I have the honor of leading the team who designed, implemented, and managed the federal system, system for missing persons in the Ministry of Security of Argentina. I'm currently a Hubert Humphrey Fellow. It's a Fulbright program in the University of Minnesota. So with your experience letting in Argentina, and I think I can also say you have experience broadly for South America as well. We want to talk about abductions. Give us an understanding of your experience around abduction in Argentina. I've been collaborating with police officers and prosecutors for more than a decade. We had several cases in these years of abductions and there are several types of abductions and mostly of them were parental abduction that is the most common type. I think that uh, if we have to ask for a general definition, we can say that an abduction is every illegitimate deprivation of liberty of a person, and it has to be against he or she will. I think It has to be against their will, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the interpretation then becomes what is, there are differences between disappearance and kidnapping, forced disappearance. There are many different types of abductions and they happen in every country. But I think that the interpretation of what an abduction is differs in some countries. So what kind of different types of abductions are there? I think there is three types of abductions. You have the napping by a stranger, that is mm-hmm. often the most feared type of the abduction in most societies. But there is also the family abduction, and there are also the forced disappearances, that there are Ill- illegal detentions. And the United Nations, in the Convention Against the Forced Disappearances, make, gave, us a, gave a, a definition that consists in the arrest, detention, kidnapping, or any 
other form of deprivation of liberty carried out by state agents or by persons or groups of persons acting with authorization, support, or acquiescence of the state, followed by the refusal to recognize such deprivation or liberty or concealment of the fate or whereabouts of the disappeared person, removing him or her from the protection of the law. That's the definition that the International Convention for the Protection for All Persons from enforced disappearance gave to us. Signed in 2010. What I find fascinating is the definition around mm -hmm. abduction, because the first time I came to Argentina, it was forced abductions from the dictatorship time <laughs> in the 1970s. At the time, we didn't talk about what the abductions are today, because it was still very much of abductions are when it was the dictatorship. And when we talk to countries in Europe, to North America, abduction is more considered a stranger abduction. And so there is a disconnect, I think, within society of what we mean by abduction. It was between mm -hmm. 1976 to 1983. There were more than 30,000 people who were disappeared, murdered, and killed by the army in that, in that period. And we have a tradition to trying to find those disappearance people. Mm -hmm. And now we have the challenge of work with missing persons in democracy. We were talking about the different abductions and the different challenges that the mm -hmm. abduction has. And you have to force disappearances in Argentina is called when a police officer or some agency of the state is involved in this disappearance. You have, you're supposed to have the trust in the police in your country. And if the police is involved, I suppose this agency has to protect the community and is now the author of disappearance. Besides the moral or the ethical problem that it means, you have to deal with the manage of the evidence, trying to discover or they could destroy the evidence and the challenge that this mm -hmm. forced disappearance brings, like you have immediately ordered to another force to start the investigation because you cannot trust in the investigation that the same force was doing. That's, and we can see not only in, in Argentina, those cases we can see in in cases like, for example, Mexico or even Colombia, with the different problems that the, the, those countries are dealing with. Absolutely. They have the same concerns and the same difficulties. And we will, in one of our future episodes, we will talk about missing during war. So that will be talking more specifically when there is uproar in a country so what's happening in the ukraine mm -hmm. in yemen so we'll talk a little bit about missing in that context mm -hmm. i think what's interesting is that it's up to each country to really develop those individual policies and response to abductions but that's why i think we put our information out there to help professionals to understand what this issue is and how we can deal with it. I do think 
the definition is an important part because without definition we won't know what we actually deal with and how to respond exactly and i think it's important for a unified action in different countries because in cases of missing persons we say that the time is a gold you have to act fast mm -hmm. if you have a different a different way of act in each country and you have to work with other agency you have to the same language because otherwise you are wasting your time i think parental abductions are certainly one of the most difficult ones because it's emotions that are involved and then also the legal system and so it becomes much more difficult for parents and for the police and for prosecutors to work these cases and i guess when we talk about as you said you had majority of your experience has been parental abduction and i do think that is consistent with other countries that when we talk about abductions majority of them are parental abductions and not stranger abductions. And I think that's a that's really good to know that stranger abductions in the US is less than 1% of all missing ch children cases. And I think that's consistent with other countries as well. I'm, I agree with you that they are not the majority of the cases, likely. And I think this is common according to the our experience and the other colleagues in other countries, we manage several, the same percentage in, in similar percentages in, in, in different countries, no? And I think also there is a, we have a problem with gender violence, more of the missing women, more of the crimes against women in the cases of missing women are committed, have a relation with gender violence and sadly the extreme gender violence as the femicides, femicides case are. For example, one of the parents has uh, some mental problems or if there are some kind of reports against one of them for physical abuses against children. And so imagine even more if you have a parent that take the children outside the borders of your country. It's more difficult and you have to start working with another agencies. Most of the cases we see in the media are related to abduction, even though they are rare. Letty tries to explain why the public and the media are so interested in abduction cases. I think there is a particular interest of media in criminal cases and to show and act like a parallel investigations held by the media and there is really important for the authorities who are in charge of investigation to deal to talk with the media give them official information mm -hmm. ask them not to reveal some kind of information or some image of the procedures because first there is a victim and there is a family that also they are victim of the situation And besides because maybe they are the possible damage all the investigation that is being held. So that's important to the authorities. The ideal situation is that there, there is one person of the, the, those agencies who talk every day with media and make them understand that first there, there is a victim. There is a victim and they have to respect uh, the family and the, the procedure. I think there's a huge 
need to talk with media on how to handle these cases and having a media officer along the alongside the investigation to be able to work with media and explain why certain information cannot be shared with the public. Something interesting that you mentioned just now is that abduction is the only criminal type of missing persons. All the other definitions that we use around missing persons, from runaway to lost to disappeared, is not a criminal offense in most places. Abduction is a criminal offense. Exactly. And there is abduction and there is also trafficking, that there mm -hmm. is a, a line who separate and I think that the police officers and prosecutor has to be aware of this of when you start investigating the case that of a missing persons and if you discover some different points that makes you think that you are in a case of trafficking you have to start investigating with another kind of resources another kind of tools international cooperation tools and at least In my country, it's the investigation is held for different agencies. If you have a missing case, it's investigated by local authorities. If you have a trafficking case, it's investigated for federal agencies. Most of the cases we see in the media are related to abduction, even though they are rare. Letty tries to explain why the public and the media are so interested in abduction cases. In every case that you consider that maybe is a relation with, with another country, immediately the authorities has to take communication with Interpol to make yellow alert or okay. another kind of alert, a blue alert or a black one if you want to identify and Jane Doe or John Doe in, in another country. But you know that the most common, in fact, And there is always an ask for collaboration with the Interpol in different cases. But the most common, we were saying before that the most common abduction are the parental abductions. And uh, there are, when we are talking about international cases, there are also the more common situations are, are the parental, inter, the inter, international abductions. And there is a challenge that we are in charge of parental abductions, accordingly to the Egg Convention are civil courts, not criminal courts, yeah. not crim criminal prosecutors or police investigators. And uh, that's a challenge because they don't have the knowledge or the expertise in cases of investigating cases of missing persons. The authorities has to collaborate with this civil justice. At a case, for example, we have to, to participate in a case in which there was a child who were taken by her mother from a country and arrived the mom was from Argentina and the father was looking for the child. They start the procedure in his country for the international birth of the child. And they're been like six years working and they asked for our help. And of course, when we start looking and a month ago, we were able to know where was this child and make possible to the reunion with the family. And this was because, of course, that if there is like a prosecutor or police officers have more resources, more knowledge and more experience in cases of missing persons. And that goes also to collaboration, because you were collaborating mm -hmm. Interpol with the father's country, with the Hague, 
to be able to coordinate the reunion and the information and sharing and everything else. And you know that it's really hard for these cases when um, you think that the children are when a parent, the mother or father, the child is is in good condition, is okay. And when the cases that, that we were that we worked, the children they lived hidden. They just go outside in night and mm -hmm. go. Uh, they don't have friends because the mother or father have afraid of the authorities to find them. I think that's the important part for the listeners to understand that ab abductions are complex. They're mm -hmm. long. Usually they take a long time because they're this complex between the legal system, the criminal system, potentially international system. So mm -hmm. that's also one of the reasons why they're so co so complex and they take so long. And they have also different challenges. I think the All the cases, missing cases, are complex for prosecutors or police investigators because they have to investigate all the different hypotheses that they are involved and they have to start looking in, in every kind of scenario. And there are some points that they are difficult to manage the time. For example, the first hours in a missing case, and mostly if we are talking about an abduction, they can be the difference between life or okay. death. You know that when we were working in Have Our Amber Alert in Argentina, that is called Alerta Sofia, we found the studies who shows that more than the 90% of the children are killed in the first 24 hours and more than 76% are, they died in the first three hours. So when we start to work in, in an abduction case, you don't have time, you have to act immediately i think the one of the first thing that is we always say is, is you have to make immediately the report if you know that there is some missing persons you don't have to wait the 24 or 48 hours the first hours in in a missing case are really are the golden hour and you have to tell everything to the police mm -hmm. maybe there are some things that you don't want to tell because you have some shame or you you have fear or so on it's important that the police investigators has all information maybe there is something that small or insignificant you think it is you should talk with the investigator because it might bring light to the to investigation the, if the, there are people who has afraid of dealing with the police or the mm -hmm. prosecutors there always are channels that you can use for giving information in an anonymous way and I think there are the, the programs for witnesses protection. Letty gives us an example of how the inter-American court explains the need for immediate investigation. In, in America there is inter-American court that mm -hmm. have some interesting rules in cases of missing persons. For example the cotton field It's a case in which the American cohort sentence rule against Mexico. It was a case in Mexico for three women and one of them was a child. In fact, they were found, their bodies were found in a cotton field. And the three of these women, the teenager, were found and the three women were disappeared. And the families 
received really harsh treatment by the authorities. And it makes sense to the judges of this inter-American cohort says that sometimes there is some authorities, some agencies that are waiting that something is wrong to start the investigation. Okay, it's been a month. We don't have any news about this person. I think maybe it happens. Something wrong happens with this this person. We are starting investigation now. Yep. Imagine after a month. It's too late. Let me ask you a little different in regards to abductions as you've done work in these things. How did you work with the family when you had to deal with an abduction case? My experience when you have to work with these cases, you have the hit, at least in, in Argentina, and I think there are several countries who work in, in a similar way. The head of the investigation is a prosecutor or is the police. And we always recommend to them who are in charge of the investigations that have to support mentally the family. They have to treat them as victims because they have to understand that the victim is dealing with a really traumatic moment and understand that it's almost impossible to ask a family who wait and stay calm in, in their homes when they don't know what happened with their relatives. No? And sometimes, besides the support, they have to manage the information. For example, there, there are several families who make posters and put their own phones in these posters and they receive all kinds of information in this, by these phones and they have to, the, the police or the investigators, the investigators and the prosecutors have to offer them a police number receive this information i think they have to be support in all the way in all the process of the miss and uh, but at the same time they have to know they have to be part of the process they have to know what the forces the persecutors are doing and sometimes that there is a common thing that we saw in all these years there is some families who don't give all the information to mm-hmm. the police because they are afraid of prejudice or project for the authorities. I think there is every country has to manage with these problems of lack of gender perspective in the investigations. I think there is the most difficult, one of the most difficult things to manage for the family that is no you don't know what happened to the relative. And I think that's always the difficulty of wanting to give the family closure and the mm-hmm. answers. And of course, you can't always do that. And that's the tough part. Even here in the US, if I look at the numbers, we have about 14,000 abductions, but just above 11,000 of those are then solved by the end of the year. So there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to cases of abductions and missing persons if you don't start immediately. And I think that's the complexity of it. And I do think with abductions, it becomes much more difficult. Mm -hmm. There's a risk that is involved. Talking about risks, how, in your experience, how have you used or using risk as a way to determine what resources you need for the investigation? Yes, there is a different kind of risk. If, if you have a child of a young age, it's a possibility case of umbrella alert or that you have to 
act immediately because there is a, a really young child and disappears or you have an elder person with some mental problems for example we have several cases of also with other people who more imagine and women in their 80s with dementia and in winter and she left their homes with just few clothes so you have to start looking uh, immediately there is also cases of gender violence if you have a person who she was victim of gender violence and the last time that she was seen was with the former partner who was the author of the gender violence, we already said, racial discrimination. There also are some challenging points like recruitment through social media, the dangers of the technology. We have to also, there are some job offers or romantic outings, the people that the victims didn't know before, never before, they are predators on the problem sort of predators on the dating apps that then find vulnerable people meet up and then abduct them or kidnap them we've seen that in the u.s some cases around persons adult persons going out for the evening and then taking an uber home and the uber actually then assaults or abducts the person it does happen mm -hmm. i think we all need to be careful when it comes mm -hmm. to meeting strangers online mm -hmm. and, and all of that aspect and we will talk about that in a different episode as well that's the reason why it's really important to the trainings and as you said before it's important to train in the police officers but also the trainings that are made by some NGOs in schools or to keep to give knowledge to children or young mm -hmm. people that they have some cases that you are going to dating with someone you are chatting with someone in the social media I think there are some NGOs that are in a really amazing job in this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's some great NGOs who are doing education for the public. With all of the complexities and public interests around abductions, Letty leaves us with a very important message. I think that the most important thing in cases of missing persons is that the agencies have to work together. I'm sure that if we do, we'll have more chances of success and for those who work with missing persons that I know we know that we have our obstacles, that we have our lack of resources sometimes, and that we have to our daily fight against the bureaucracy. But please, you have to think that behind each folder, a family is waiting for the relatives and that it can happen to any of us. And we have to help those families because it's our job. And years of hard work and effort allows that just one child to come back home i think it will be worth it and that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is mm -hmm. really to share that message widely thanks for having me and thanks all the audience for hearing us today thanks for joining us for this episode of missing persons uncovered and thank you, Letty, for sharing your original experience in South America on abductions. If you'd like to find out more about our work and our resources we mentioned in the show, you can go to missingpersonsuncovered.com. And if you have any questions you would like us to answer or thoughts on topics you would like to discuss, please contact us through our website. 
If you'd like specific information or need help, please reach out to your local police department or national charity. If you are enjoying this podcast and the discussions, please help support us by buying us a coffee through missingpersonsuncovered.com. I'm Caroline Humer. And I'm Karen Shalev-Green. Thanks for listening. Join us next time when we will talk to Paul Belly about how missing person investigations can turn into homicides 